Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, through chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. The title of this sermon is, The Sad State of Sloppy worship. Here is the first half of this two-part study. Amen. Amen. So I entitled this The Sad State of Sloppy Worship. The Sad State of Sloppy Worship. Uh, We'll look at it in three parts in verses 6 through 10. Sloppy worship despises his name. Uh, In verses 11 through 14 of chapter 1, sloppy worship is worthless to God. And then finally, in uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, and I'll see how we're going to do. If we're, if we're a little over on time, I'll save it for next week because we're going to finish chapter 2 next week. Uh, we'll be in chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, and it's sloppy worship rebuked by God. Rebuked by God. Now, the, the key to this is what we went over last week. Again, what I told you at first is to remember that this book you think about the Old Testament. This is the final book of the Old Testament. It's written some 40 years after Nehemiah and Ezra. And Nehemiah was still dealing with, they were marrying foreign women, and when they married foreign women, the, the problem with that was not the foreign women. The problem was is they were bringing in their false gods and their false religions. And then they also had the tithe issue. They had allowed a Gentile into the temple that was taking up the temple uh, warehouse, and so therefore the Levitical priests were not able to give give out to the uh, the sacrifices, the worship to the people who were serving, and so they ended up having to go back out and work in the fields to feed their families, and and so a lot of that stuff is still happening into the book of Malachi, some 40 years after. And if you go, well, that's an Old Testament book. It was written to the nation of Israel. Understand the church of Ephesus. We just finished the book of Ephesians. It only took a couple of decades for that church to lose their first love. This is a pattern that we have in our lives. This is a pattern that the nation of Israel has. We start getting lukewarm in our faith. We start allowing things in our lives that shouldn't be allowed. And so Malachi, I love the way that the Lord starts it. Remember what I told you, you, very, you get very little on the prophet Malachi. All you get is that first verse. That's it. And that, that should be us. They should know more about Jesus than they know about you. But he says, I have loved you. I have loved you. 
But this week what happens is one thing that we need to remember is truth and love go together hand in hand. Sometimes I have to speak truth into your life, and that is through a rebuke. Sometimes God does that through His Word to rebuke us, to get us to turn from what we're doing and turn back to Him. But see, that's not the Jesus that we love. We love the hippie Jesus, the graceful Jesus, right? That's my ride or die, my homie Jesus. That's who you like. You don't like this Jesus. The Jesus that's just, that judges, he is. He is just. He is holy. And he is not going to allow his nation or you to continue walking in your sin without it being judged. He will deal with it. You may think you're getting away with it. And you may be. For now. But it will be brought to the light. That's why I told y'all when you look, see, that when we think about the Jesus, the hippie Jesus, that's the Lamb of God. That's the one you love. But you forget it's the Lion of Judah that's returning. The one that's robe is dipped in blood with swords coming out of his mouth, ready to put down the wine press on all the false religions of the world, Jehovah Witness and Mormonism and Islam, and he will wine press it. And anyone who followed it and never turned to God, on to hell you go. That's not what you're going to hear preached on a Sunday. Why not? Because you want the hippie Jesus. You want the love and the mercy and the grace. Oh, he just loves you. Just stay in your sin. That's not it. He loves you enough to correct you because you're his child. He tells you that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. If you belong to him, he says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. He disciplines me. Because I'm a mess. My feet are made of clay just like yours. So you think, oh, well, pastors are perfect. No, they ain't. We need more prayer than y'all. What we do is we, we miss the warning signs. And that's what's happening in Malachi. They missed the warning signs. There's this guy who lived in South Africa. His name is Michael David Cohen. Michael David Cohen, regardless if the sirens went off, if the flags went out, if there were signs posted that there were sharks in the water, Michael David Cohen went swimming anyway. Because that's how Michael David Cohen was. And his motto was, if a shark takes me, then blame me, not the shark. Well, one day as the flags went flying up and the sirens were going off and they were saying there's sharks in the water and the signs were posted, Michael David Cohen went right on into the water. And Michael David Cohen lost his leg that day and almost died on that beach. And that's how we are with our sin. Instead of having the motto of, if a shark takes me, then blame me, not the shark. Your motto is, if sin takes me, then blame me, not the sin. Why are you flirting with it? If it's in God's Word, why are you messing with it? It's understanding that we are giving the Word of God for a reason. It's a guide our lives. It's for us to actually apply it in our lives. To read it. To have a relationship with Christ. In Isaiah 29.13 it says, Therefore the Lord said, And as, as much these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, 
but have removed their hearts far from me, and they fear towards me is taught by a commandment of men. They don't even believe what the Word of God says anymore. Their hearts are removed from me. There's no fear. There's no fear. And what happens is when we don't have fear, you have a, uh, a spiritual blindness and you're bleeding out spiritually. The devil's got a hold of you. I was looking at this great, uh, great thing and it showed a little a man petting a cub like the Lion King. Remember when they're singing, oh, I just can't wait to be... See, that lion's going to eat Pumbaa and Timon. Y'all have no clue. Right? Let's be real. And on the side of the lion, it said Pornhub on the cub. And the man's petting it. The next cartoon is a lion, a full-grown lion, and the man is half in the mouth of the lion, bleeding to death. And on the side of the thing is Pornhub. That's our sin. You're petting it. You're playing with it. And it's going to kill you. Because you don't fear God. Did you understand the reason why that scripture, I know you probably were like, is that Johnny Cash? Right? How many of us were like, is that Johnny Cash? That was Johnny Cash. If you got that right. Oh. But that was Johnny Cash reading in Revelation. Holy, holy, holy. He is being worshipped right now. Do you have a reverence for God? A fear? Because see, we, we don't if we're going to pet the sin and allow the sin to stay around with us. Because that's what Malachi, this is what this whole book is about. They allowed sin in their, in their life. They allowed false and sloppy worship in their lives. The fear of God is the death of every other fear like a mighty lion. It chases all other fears before it. The fear of God is the death of every other fear. Like a mighty lion, and it chases all other fears before it. Charles Spurgeon. So let's look at this first part as we see sloppy worship despises his name. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Right, there it is right there. Says the Lord of hosts to your priest who despise my name, Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Remember I told you all they're going to be God responding and these, uh, God questioning, and then they're the, the people, Levitical priests and the people are going to re respond. And when they respond, they're responding as spoiled, rotten children of the nation of Israel. Prideful. Ugly. Who are you talking to? This is the, the God who created everything, who created you. And that's how we see this, is we see the Levitical priests, the ones who were supposed to know his word, and yet they were, they were corrupt. And those Levitical priests that, that we're talking about here came from the tribe of Levi. They're from, that's the same tribe that Moses came from. They, they were instructed in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 9 and 11. I, I, you know what, I need to do something here. Um, before we get going, because y'all probably think I'm like this all the time. I get very passionate when I teach the Word of God, so I apologize. if I, I'm, I'm like, really? So you're probably like, man, why is he yelling? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just get really into it. I, I just came to faith in 2009, and I never looked back. And, and I, that, that'd be my prayer that you get from this. It's like God loves you no matter where you're at. Just return to Him. If you're in sin, return. God loves you, right? But we have to talk about the truth too. 
And so if I get very passionate about it, I apologize. I just, I really get into it. I love being able to teach the Word of God. It's, it's you know, there's so much to learn from it. And, and I, I look at my life at those 39 years and go, man, I didn't know there were instructions to this in the Bible. How to be a dad, how to be a husband. Really? Who knew, right? Leviticus chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, it says, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you. Then you go into the tabernacle, meaning lest you die. It shall be a statue forever through your generations that you may be distinguished. And this is very important because this is what we're going to get into. He says that you may be distinguished between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. And that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Now, you may be looking at this and going, man, I'm glad I'm not a Levitical priest. Mike, this is all on you. This is all on the leadership of the church. Uh, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. I'm fixing to rock your world a little bit here. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Then go down just a little bit further to verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light so guess what you're in the same boat with me welcome to the boat all right you're probably like dude i thought this was just on you for the pastors if you're a follower of christ this is for you as well you're a royal priesthood we can learn from this so he tells them right off the bat a son honors his father and a servant his master if then i am a father where is my honor the word honor in the hebrew actually means to glorify to glorify Think about that just for a second. It means to glorify. He's like, where is my honor? Where is my glory? A father should glorify, be glorified by his children. A master should be glorified by his servants. And we ought to have give, give God glory and reverence in our, in our own lives ourselves. But their response is, in what way have we despised your name? And God's going to be very blunt with them. Their response is arrogant, disrespectful. They're just going through the motions. Like, can you imagine, like, questioning God? And in, in, in the way, like, Lord, who are you to tell me how to serve? I'm the one here at 8.30 in the morning picking up the chairs. Where are you? But that's how their response is. That's their response. But how many of you go through that same response, for that same motion of worship? You just came in kind of like, ah, eh, I guess I'll be at church today. It's the same response. But he tells him right off the bat in verse 7, he says, You offered defiled food on my altar. But here they go. But, in, but say, in what way have we defiled you? Like, give us details, Lord. By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And, and that word contemptible means vile, worthless. And he says in verse 8, And when you offer the blind a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? 
It's in the Word of God, very simply, in Deuteronomy 15.21. But if there is a defect in it, if, there is, if, if it is lame or blind or has any serious defect, you shall not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. It was in the Word of God. They weren't following it. How many of you have the Word of God in your hand and, and I ain't following it? It's on my phone. I'm not opening it. See, the easiest way for us to see this is very simply this. is, And I've seen this when it comes to this type of worship. Anybody who's ever been in church long enough, you do a rummage sale. You know what happens with the rummage sale? You get the worst of the worst stuff. People bring their broken stuff to you that should have went in the trash, but they drop it off to the church. Well, the printer don't work. I bought a new one. Here's my old one. Maybe you can get it to work. That's the type of worship it is. Another way you can look at it is as if you have, because we're in Texas, if you have a rancher who tells the church, we're going to bless you with the cow. Praise God, we'll be eating brisket next year, right? But the cow gives birth to twins. And the rancher tells the pastor, well, you know what, give me a sec. Give me a couple more weeks because I want to see, make sure they're both going to be okay because they're twins. And then I'll, I'll, I'll bring them to you. What he ends up doing is he wants to see which one's the stronger and the weaker one. Because whenever there are cows that are twins, there's always a strong one and a weak one. And what he wants to do is he wants to keep the strong one for himself. And I'm going to give the weak one to the church. That's what's happening here. That simple. It's that simple. They're bringing things that, that should have been turned back and they're allowing it to happen. And he tells them straight off the bat, and when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. He is like, look, you, you're giving the governor better than what you give God. Like that's, I'm going to give the governor better than what I give God. And so here's some questions that you need to ask yourself. I want to make sure we touch on this. This has, whenever we talk about sacrifices or offerings, people get freaked out because we think we're talking about money. Okay? I want you to catch this. This is very important. When I talk about your sacrifice, I'm talking about your time, your talent, and your treasure. And I'm going to talk about it in these ways. See, if you're offering God less than your best, there's three things that you can test it on. Am I giving God the first? Right? And what I mean by that is we had somebody that had a garden here. They brought their first fruits. The first things out of the garden were brought here and given to the church. It was given to the church. Second, are we giving God our best? Are you dropping off that broken printer? To your pastor, here you go, pastor. Well, the, it doesn't scan anymore, and the copy button kind of sticks, but I got a new one at the house. You can have this one. And third, are we offering God a sacrifice that cost us something? This is very important, and I want you to get this. Because for some reason, we think it's just about the church. All three of those need to be put individually in your relationship with God. Okay? So is God getting your first? Is he getting your best? Is it costing you something to follow Jesus? It, it costs me something. If I'm giving up my time, talent, and treasure, is it costing me something? Am I giving the best of what I have? And, and is it my first? Now, here's the second part. You got your individual relationship working? Marriage. 
Are you giving your spouse your first? Husbands, serve your wives, right? Love your wife as Christ loved the church with your time, your talent, your treasure. Are you giving her your best? Guys, you can sit up in your chairs. You don't have to fall down in your chairs here. Right. Everybody's going further down. It's like, come on. But are you sacrificing? Does it cost you something? Okay, mom and dad, family. Are you giving your kids your first? Are you making time for them? Are you giving them your best or do they get your leftovers? Does it cost you something to be a mom and dad? It should cost you everything to be a mom and dad. Then it goes to the church with your time, talent, and treasure. And then guess where it ends up at? The community. The community. See, our, our, our whole purpose that we've been called to do is to glorify God. Why does it look like the lights have been turned off in America? Because the church is not glorifying God in the community. They're not glorifying God in their marriages, in their families, in the churches, or in the community. It starts individually. In verse 9 it says, But now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us while this is being done by your hands, while he accepted your, you favorably, says the Lord of hosts, who is even among you who would shut the, the door so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept any, an, an offering from your hands. He's like, hey, look, it'd be better off for you just to put the barbecue away. Don't start the fire. Keep your offering. Keep your offering. And that's why we look at that second part is sloppy worship is worthless to God. Like, you, you can stick money in the tide box. That's between you and the Lord. It's the heart of your worship. But if you're, if you're addicted to Pornhub and all that stuff, sloppy worship. It's the reality of it. Verse 11, it says, From the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. That has happened. And every place incense shall be offered to my name, and pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. In Psalm 113, verse 3, it says, From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. And I love that he says, what type of incense offered? A pure offering. A pure offering. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 8. Mike McIntosh talked about this this past week as they had the uh, Calvary Chapel Association's uh, pastor's conference. And he read this verse. And I was like, man, I love that verse now. That seeing it but Ezekiel chapter 8 verses 9 through 12 same pattern you know as Malachi the the people were turned away from God and he said to them go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there so he tells them hey go in so he went in and saw that there every sort of creeping thing abominable beast and all idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around the walls and there stood before them 70 men of the elders of the house of Israel and I'm not gonna ruin their names Eric you're not gonna be like Mike please stop each man had a censer in his hand and thick cloud of incense went up then he said to me son of man have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark every man in the room of his idols for they say the Lord does not see us the Lord has forsaken the land they had allowed false idols and things to be put on the walls where they should have never been put. 
Now, I know a lot of you probably came in this morning thinking, how can you worship to a TV? It's not about that. It's about you worshiping to God. We've allowed a lot of things in the church that need to go. We've created these places of entertainment. We've gotten pastors who are dynamic speakers of, of not the Word of God, but dynamic speaking. The biggest growing church in America is the church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pastored by Michael Todd, who teaches nothing but mess and false teachings. And why do people attend? They love having their ears tickled. But you see that it says there that they, they, they lit the incense. And the incense is supposed to be pure, but the incense is being lit to do what? To draw smoke into the room so nobody can see what they're doing. But God knows what you're doing. He knows. Everything going on in that heart. And so we have to remember, like for us, is to understand that our lives are to be a sacrifice, a holy sacrifice to God. And, and, and it's an offering to God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, uh, to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's how you worship God. That's how you worship God. In verse 12 it says, But you profane it, and that you say the table of the Lord is defiled, and its, fruit is, is, its food is contemptible. You also say, Oh, what weariness. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 